welcome to the True Tabernacle podcast channel. We hope that you find encouragement and inspiration during one of our sermons, discussions, or interviews. For more information regarding our faith community, connect with us on Facebook at our True Tabernacle page. And while you're at it, hit subscribe to this channel to stay connected. tonight and uh, guess what when you worship the Lord he still shows up amen so we appreciate brother Milam and and all that he does and the time commitment I know that's a lot of work we do want to remember sister Nikki and all those who are uh, sick there's a lot of sickness going on right now I don't know if you've known that with work or kids school but there's just there's something so uh, we want to remember them Isaiah 43 16 through 21. I do want to thank the Lord for his protection. Brother Howard, I was uh, in St. Louis for a, a conference for just a couple days. And uh, Friday, I decided, I, uh, Elder, I was going to leave and come home a day early. I pulled a pastor. And uh, I thought, you know, I've had enough, so I'm going to come home. So uh, I check out of my hotel. And they were gracious and let me, you know, leave a night early without. And then I didn't check the weather. And, and so uh, a couple hours later when I was preparing to leave, it was pretty much a blizzard and there were cars and medians and all that. And uh, I don't know if you've ever heard the phrase, you don't know what you have till it's gone. Um, but I, I went back to my hotel and I said, I, you know, that early checkout thing I said, could we redo that? And they said, I'm so sorry, but we don't have any rooms anymore. <laughs> and I, and I thought, all right, well, that, uh, that, that is what I deserve. But thankfully, a little testimony, they called me about an, about an hour later. They said, Mr. Himes, we've had a cancellation if you'd like to have that room. I said, I would like to have that room. Yes, please. Yes, please. Amen. God is good. Isaiah 43. Um, I want to talk about a, a theme that... I've probably talked about before. I know I've heard it preached by, by others uh, on the idea of uh, new things. Um, Isaiah 43, 16 through 21. Thus says the Lord who makes a way in the sea, a path in the mighty waters, who brings forth chariot and horse, army and warrior. They lie down. They cannot rise. They are extinguished, quenched like a wick. Remember not the former things. Nor consider the things of old. Behold, I am doing a new thing. Now it springs forth. Do, not, do you not perceive it? I will make a way in the wilderness and rivers in the desert. I think about that. The reality, I'll make a way in the wilderness and rivers in the desert and I think sometimes if we're not careful we lose the wonder of becoming a new creation in Christ Jesus and I know that uh, we're preparing uh, brother and sister banks are preparing to launch our new things uh, recovery ministry that's getting ready uh, to happen here shortly and uh, just got my mind thinking uh, you know of what they're getting ready to do and what the mission of the church is. And we are a hospital for the hurting. 
And we, we are a place for, for those who are bound to walk in and experience freedom. And when they walk in, they're not going to look like us. And they're not going to smell like us. And they're going to do things we probably wouldn't do. And go places we probably wouldn't go. But that's okay because behold, I am doing a new thing. A new thing. And that's what I want to talk about tonight. I want to talk about new things from the same God. Would you help me pray? Thank you, Jesus, for your word. It's powerful and true. It's forever settled in heaven. I'm asking right now, Jesus, that you would just anoint your word. Allow it to go forth, God, and not return void, but accomplish whatsoever you desire to accomplish in this place tonight. Help us not just to be hearers of the word, oh God, but that we would be doers of the word also. We come with expectation in our heart and gratitude, and we thank you in advance for all that you're getting ready to do in this place. In Jesus' name we pray. And everyone said amen. Would you give Jesus a hand clap of praise one more time as you're being seated in Jesus' name. Amen. If uh, my good friend Mr. Soundman could help me out just a, a little bit up here so I don't yell at everybody all night. Amen. So we are, it's crazy to believe we're, we're midway through February. And uh, how, many, how many can just remember opening up Christmas presents and eating Thanksgiving turkey and all that? And, and here we are, middle of February. And so I would imagine that for you, like me, the, you know, you, you, this, the chaos has kind of subsided a little bit. We got through all the, the craziness of the holidays and we're going back to work and we're, we're getting into uh, a routine and... Sometimes we have this excitement for a new year and, and, and perhaps maybe the excitement and the anticipation of what this fresh year holds, maybe it's starting to, to wane a little bit. Um, perhaps, you know, you've, like me, you've, you use New Year's and it's a time of reflection and you're setting goals. Anybody, did anybody set any goals this year, any any goals or resolutions, or did you just kind of fly in blind? Okay, well, I know the next sermon series we're doing, praise the Lord. <laughs> Not enough hands in this building. Well, I like to set goals, and, and um, Scripture says where there is no vision, the people perish. And uh, So I think it's important to, to set goals and to, to look towards where we're headed to. And so I like to use this time for reflection and Maybe even a little bit of a reset. I don't know, uh, maybe for the younger crowd, maybe for the older crowd, if you've ever had Wi-Fi and it's just not working right and you got to unplug it and reset it. Uh, that's how I feel sometimes with the new year is it's a time for reset. And uh, we all, how, how many likes to get new things? I like getting new things. Uh, I've been blessed at the opportunity to have some, some things that were brand new and when you get it, it's amazing. It's so awesome if you've ever had the, the privilege of, of driving in a new vehicle. And it's just like, oh, God, thank you, Jesus. I didn't know a car could smell like this. I thought it was supposed to smell like old fast food and, and, and dirty seats. And this car smells new. Right? And, and, and so, but, but if you're not careful, sometimes the newness starts to wear off a little bit. 
And uh, I've noticed in my own spiritual journey that as I've walked with the Lord, you know, you can have these powerful moments with God and it's new. And, it's, and you feel like God has given you, um, you know, a, a new dose of anointing or new boldness. And uh, I like to joke around like you'll just uh, storm hell, you know, the gates of hell with a, with a water pistol, you know. You're just all jacked up, ready to go. And, and that is a great feeling. But that's like a mountaintop experience. And if you've ever lived like a couple days of real life, you know that we don't live on the mountaintop all the time. And sometimes you go and you start to descend in the valley and the, the newness of your walk with God or the newness of, of Brother Banks, that ministry, it, it starts to just wear on you. It just starts to wear you down a little bit. And, and that's why I think it's important tonight that we, we frame our reference point in the church that, that no matter what is happening, we are a new covenant people. We, we are in the new things business. That's what this is all about. It's, it, I, I, love, I love seeing all, all my church family, but I want to see more than just you. And it's and and here's the deal. Here's the deal. It's it's not so that we can we can go to our family and friends or people at other churches and and say like, man, we our church is rocking. Guess how many people we had? We had X amount of people. That's not that's not what this is about. That's great. That's awesome. We we want revival, but we want lives transformed. If this whole place is packed. But nobody's receiving the baptism of the Holy Ghost. We're missing the mission. If nobody's going down in the waters of baptism, we're missing the point. But if they will walk through these doors and all of a sudden they start feeling a new thing. They start feeling hope like they've never had before. They start feeling liberty like they haven't experienced in years. And all of a sudden they make their way to an altar and lift up their hands. And the shackles of addiction begin to fall. Cancer can disappear. Come on, peace and restoration and families can be healed. Because behold, I am doing a new thing. All things are passed away. Behold, all things become new. Come on, clap your hands and shout amen if you're grateful for a new things kind of God. So we make these plans, Brother Howard, but, and we've talked about this before. It's sometimes it's not, in, it's not in making the plan. We got any visionaries in the house? You just like to, you like to brainstorm and you're big picture guys. But then the details come along and you're like, okay, going to have to pass. Anybody good with spreadsheets? Uh, I'm going to need, where's Sister Ruth Ann at? Let's bring her in now. Amen. And so the problem sometimes lies not in creating the plan, but in executing the plan. Because intentions are different than being intentional. And so despite the fact that we've stepped into the threshold of a new year, the chances are very high that you, like myself, we're not necessarily new people. 
Now, we're a new people in Christ, but, but we still can have the same struggles and the same bad attitudes and the same critical thinking. Just because we went from 2023 to 2024 doesn't mean that goes away. You got new, the, the new year comes, we got new goals, but then we look in the mirror and we're like, this is the same me. And statistics show one in four people will quit their New Year's resolution. I guess it's a good thing nobody raised their hand. You won't be a quitter this year. <laughs> Week two, Brother Bobby. Week two, most one in four. And by February, 43%. We'll have quit, and then by the end of the year, 91%. Think about that. You, you sit down at your, at your laptop or your notebook, and this is going to be my year. This is it. This is the year I'm getting healthy. This is the year I'm getting out of debt. This is the year. And then you, you look back the next year, and you're like, why am I putting the same resolutions this year that I put last year? Because we're, we're the same people. We've got the, we've got the same struggles. And so when I reflect on the inability of our, of our humanity, right, to actually do what we say, I am reminded and thankful of how great it is to serve a God who never changes. Because we change. We're, we're you know... We can be led by emotion. We can, you know, uh, we can be fooled by feelings if we're not careful. But God is not fooled. God, God remains constant and never changing. Malachi 3.6 says, For I, the Lord, do not change. James 1.17 says, Every good and every perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of lights, with whom... There is no variation or shadow due to change. And so you might walk in here tonight on this chilly February night and 2023 may have worn you out. And, and maybe it's been a year, it was a year of broken promises. It, it might have been a year of heartache or grief or pain. Lies and lets and letdowns, but I, I've come to remind us this evening there is a God in heaven who will never change. He is faithful and good and loving, and his mercy endures forever. And even when your opinion changes, even when you fail him, he is still faithful. He is still a friend that sticks closer than a brother. He'll be there in the midnight hour. Doesn't matter if, if it's been a day or a month or a year since you've talked to him. If you will come before the throne of grace with boldness, you can say, Jesus, I know I've failed, but I need you. Jesus, I know I've done it my own way, but I'm looking for the way maker to make a way in the wilderness. I don't know how to navigate this path I don't know what direction to go but I need you to make a way he'll never leave you he'll never forsake you he'll make us to lie down in green pastures he'll lead us beside still waters he will restore my soul so I don't care what 
lie the enemy has sold you, there needs to be a confidence that rises up in your belly that says the Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is my strength, the strength of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid of? We don't have to fear. It's a new, it may be a new year, but we stir, serve the same God. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. And oftentimes we limp, man, we limp into a new year. Because of, a, because of months of accumulation of hurt and betrayal. And you're like Jacob almost. You've just been worn out and, and you, so now you're walking with a limp. And I don't want to ask you to raise your hand, but just think to yourself, do you find yourself a bit wounded from what has happened the last year? Just, just, think, just think to yourself, are you struggling at times because of the pain of someone else? Or maybe the pain that you caused? And, and, and the, the enemy fights you, he throws everything plus the kitchen sink your way just to keep you to go through those double doors. And every time you get ready for church, he, he whispers to you, what are you doing? Why, why are you going to church? You're, you really believe that stuff? Think about all you went through. Think about how bad you are. Think about what you've done. Anybody ever dealt with d d discouragement and the enemy has told you this whole church thing, you tried your best, but it's just not for you. And so you're limping and, and you're just barely getting by and you look back in this past year and you think to yourself, what, Lord, what was that? Did I do something to deserve this? I've been there before, folks. Where you've, you've went through some things and you're, you're like trying to look back and like, man, I must have done some really bad stuff to deserve this. Now, I'm not saying we don't have consequences for our actions, but sometimes we're just going to go through things because that's life. And not every headache that I get or not every friend that betrays me or circumstance that fails, not all of that is from the enemy. Sometimes it's life. Anybody ever experience a little life in the house tonight? And God has promised that He was going to do great things in your life, and He was pushing you. He was pushing you the direction of ministry, and He put a burden in your heart, and you're excited. That's it's that new that newness starts to come, and then bam, life happens, and that old feeling starts to rise up again. Lord, I'm not cut out for this. I'm not ready for this. And, and I believe that that's how the nation of Israel felt when they heard Isaiah's prophecy. Isaiah's interesting because in the first 39 chapter, chapters you have judgment and hope. And it's kind of intermingled together. So the overall message of Isaiah is you are going to Babylonian exile. But there's hope on the other side. So, so here it is. You are going to have to endure punishment for your transgressions. But this is not the final chapter of your story. And so the nation of Israel is caught between divine judgment and future promise. And Isaiah warns them, you're going to exile. 
Jerusalem will be destroyed and you will be taken captive. But I want you to know there is hope in the end. Man, that sounds like a message for us today. You're going to go through some things. Think about just the book of Revelation, the call for patience and endurance for the saints. You will experience some things. But there's, there's a hope at the end of this road. It does not matter what brokenness you encounter or struggle. At the end of the day, there is a holy city, New Jerusalem, that is set apart for the people of God. And I've come to encourage some people, don't give up now. Time is running out. Come on, time is running out. But if we hang on just a little longer, if we keep pressing forward, God is going to do a new thing and we will inherit New Jerusalem. Is there anybody looking forward to heaven? Is there anybody that still believes there's a place called heaven? Come on, with streets of gold and walls of jasper and gates of pearl. Let me stop right here, folks. Don't you dare let this world distract you from the ultimate reality of the new Jerusalem. Don't you dare settle for what this old world has to offer. The lies of success. The, the, the lies of riches. We are headed to a city. We are headed to a place. No more tears will be shed. No more pain will be felt. Is there anybody in the house that is looking for Lord, to making heaven their home. If that's you, I wish you'd shout Jesus in this place. Jesus! See, the nation of Israel, they had a promise, but they allowed sin to, to get in the way of that promise. So the Lord, they did, the Lord did punish them for their sin. He was God's, they were God's chosen people. But he had to wake them up to the reality of their sin. So there were consequences. But this is what I love about God. Because God's punishment does not cancel his promises. I mean, think about that. If somebody did something to you, elder. And they, they broke your trust and you... You may not want to do something for that person again. If they gave you your word and, and then your, they gave you their word and broke a promise, you might think, I'm not messing with that guy. I've said it before. Oh, they're, the, you want to stay clear. Imagine if God did that with us. How many times have we come and we've, we've made a commitment or we've... we've made this vow before God and all of a sudden that old man starts to come up again but God's punishment just because we, we deal with punishment doesn't mean we forfeit his promise Israel was still called the people of God so even when they had to experience the heartaches of life even when it was their fault God was trying to communicate this is not the end. I think that's a word for somebody tonight. What you are going through right now 
and all the pain and all the, the shame and the guilt, I want you to know this is not the end. There is a future for you. There is hope for your life. Amen. So in our, in our opening text, we find a new, a new section of Isaiah. It's a transition. And perhaps it's a transition in the text between warning of the exile and then speaking to the people after the exile. So despite the different opinions from commentators that we find, the message here remains the same. The past does not define the future. And so chapter 43 opens with a friendly reminder that in all of Israel's history, there's only one who they could count on. The Lord of hosts. Think about, think about the, the history of Israel and how reliant they got on Egypt. You know, they're, they're in the middle of nowhere and they have to come to Egypt for famine. Because of a famine, they, they get fed and all of a sudden, 400 and some years later, they've grown but they've wound up in captivity. And so Isaiah 43, 1 through 3 reads this. But now, thus says the Lord, he who created you, O Jacob... He who formed you, O Israel, fear not, for I have redeemed you. I have called you by name. You are mine. When you pass through the waters, I will be with you. And through the rivers, they shall not overwhelm you. When you walk through the fire, you shall not be burned. And the flame shall not consume you. For I am the Lord your God the Holy One of Israel, your Savior. Man, I, we need to read this scripture more often. If you ever struggle with purpose, if you ever wonder why in your life, if you ever feel like God has just gone silent, read these words. Fear not, I have created you. I have redeemed you. I have called you. That's so beautiful because despite Egyptian captivity, despite Babylonian captivity or the destruction of Jerusalem in the first century, he says this to his people, I know you've experienced a lot in life but you've got a, and you've got a story filled with tears but you are created, redeemed and called by my name. Imagine how difficult it would have been for them to feel loved by God. You're supposed to be God's chosen people. His royal priesthood. His holy nation. And yet you end up in captivity. Let's make it practical for 2023 or 24. 2023 held you captive. Held captive by sickness. By family turmoil and dissension. Held captive by mental in emotional issues. You had this moment with God and God gave you a promise. And maybe you went to a camp or a special service or whatever. And you heard from God. And then, wham, 2023 hit you. And you come out of all the brokenness of last year. Just like the people of Israel returning back to Jerusalem. Wounded and broken and confused. And everything around you is a mess. Anybody know what I'm talking about tonight? Israel, they returned from captivity lost and angry and they were bitter. 
How can we be called after all we went through? So in verse 16 and 17 of our opening text, the Lord begins to remind Israel of where he brought them from. Thus says the Lord who makes a way in the sea, a path in the mighty waters, who brings forth chariot and horse, army and warrior. They lie down, they cannot rise. They are extinguished, quenched like a wick. What if the key to our renewed confidence in Jesus Christ is not a hope for what's next, but a reminder of what's already happened? You see, the Exodus was the single biggest event in their history. Generations later, they all they were singing songs about this Exodus moment. They've all grown up hearing stories about how God brought a special people out of Egypt. Why? Because it's important to recall moments where God supernaturally intervened. That's why we share testimonies in church. Because when, when, when I get a doctor's report and it feels like the walls are caving in, I can go back in my memory bank and recall the testimonies of saints of God who can stand up and say, I should have been dead. The doctor said there was no hope, but I'm standing here today only by the power of Jesus Christ. Come on, the doctor didn't know what to do. But Jesus stepped in my situation and said, be healed. And guess what? I was healed. So when you have a negative report, you can say, I remember what happened to Sister Niece. And I'm going to stand here in faith believing it can happen to me too. Is there anybody thankful for testimonies in this church of what God has done in the lives of his people? When it feels like my loved one could never encounter God because they won't come to church with me, Brother May. I can remember how the Holy Ghost met you in a dirty work environment. I can remember you standing up and saying, don't worry. Because wherever you're at, the presence of God can find you. Which means they don't necessarily have to go through those double doors. They could be in the living room. And you could be talking to them and saying, look what the Lord has done in my life. And all of a sudden they start to feel the power of God. And you can lay hands on them. And they begin to speak in a heavenly language as the Spirit gives them utterance. Because God can meet you wherever you are. How many believes that tonight? That God is able to see you in your situation. Brother Doug, when someone requests prayer for their family, they call and say, I've got an emergency. I need you to pray right now. We can look at your life and your testimony. When someone came to this church and said, Brother Doug's in a bad way. He needs the power of God. He needs a healing. And all of a sudden, what happened? The church began to pray. And even when the doctor said, I don't know what's going to happen here. It's not looking very good. We can look in just a couple weeks and say, the man that's helped leading our, our new things recovery ministry was knocking on death's door. But the church began to pray. And when the church started praying, all of a sudden the power of God fell in that hospital 
through. Come on, I feel faith rising in this place right now. Why don't you just take a moment and think back over your life and say, look what the Lord has done. Oh, yes, 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 yes. Come on, somebody's got a testimony in this place. It should have been over. You should have been six feet in the ground. But all of a sudden, God showed up. And when God shows up, anything can happen. Anything can happen. God can do a new thing in your life. I don't care what, what addiction you've battled. Hear me tonight. I don't care if you've got an addiction that nobody including your spouse knows about. Can we just be real tonight? I know, I know we like to pretend like we've got it all together. But there are people that go through church week in and week out and they are bound by addiction. Did you know that God can do a new thing in your life? You say, well, Brother Tyler, I've dealt with this for years or decades. It does not matter. Because when the power of the Holy Ghost connects with you, I want you to know heroin is no match for the name of Jesus. Methamphetamine is no match for the name of Jesus. Alcoholism is no match for the name of Jesus. Sexual perversion is no match for the name of Jesus. I feel like staying here for a moment. There are people in this place right now who are bound by so much shame and condemnation because of an addiction that you can't shake. I need you to know in the Holy Ghost, God can do a new thing tonight. God can do a new thing in your life tonight. Do we still believe in miracles? We talk about it, Brother Bobby, all the time. We talk about miracles, signs, and wonders. But I don't want a generation to grow up always having to refer to what their grandparents talked about. I want there to be some young people that can say, I remember in 2024 when that young man was bound by addiction and he walked into that church and all of a sudden the power of God fell and he began a ministry later on. I want somebody to hear me tonight. God is doing a new thing in this hour and he wants to use you. He wants to use you. I said he wants to use you. I don't want to just go to church and just check the boxes. I want to see the power of God fall. I want to see people that have walked away from God. I want to see your grandchildren and your sons and your daughters come back through those doors. I want to see God restore prodigals. I want to see them come home in 2024. But will they be welcomed when they do? I know I've preached about it many times. I'm sorry, but the, the prodigal son story will never leave me. Will never... How will you respond when they come to themselves? 
when they wake up in that pig pen and they realize, I need God to do a new thing. I, I, took, I took for granted my father's house. I thought there were things in the world that could offer me more satisfaction and more pleasure. But I woke up bound and far away. And scripture said, when he came to himself, he said, I got to go home. The servants do better than I am, and I'm a son. And what did the older brother do? He was upset. How will you how will you respond? When in 2024, God begins to do a new thing in the lives of these prodigals who once sat on these pews. Look, folks, it may seem hopeless right now, but there is a, there is a world that is heading for a final judgment. And I believe, I believe people are going to wake up to what is going on around them. And they're going to say, it's been years since I've been in the house of the Lord. But I don't want to be lost. I've got to get back to the house. When they get back, will you say, hey stranger, it's been a while. Or would you say, he's back. She's back. They're back. I didn't think they'd come back. But they're here tonight. Stand with me tonight. I, I, I feel like closing here. I don't want to go any further. I will make a way in the wilderness. I will make rivers in the desert. I believe that God could do something supernatural in our recovery ministry that's getting ready to kick off. I believe that we could look out and there will be more people bound than more people set free. How will the church respond? When they come in with all their addictions, with all their hang-ups, how will we treat them at the door? Will we be reminded, Lord, that could have been me, or Lord, that used to be me? Or will we be like the Pharisee that says, Thank God I'm not like one of those sinners. No, sir. This needs to be a place of hope. This needs to be a house of healing. It does not matter what you walk in here with. The church should extend our arms and say, We're so glad you've come. If you need anything, we're right here. If you need prayer, we're right here. I'm closing, I'm closing a bit abruptly tonight because I feel like the Holy Ghost is doing something in this place. There are people here tonight that could experience the power of freedom. And you don't have to be ashamed. You don't have to come to this altar and, 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 and beg. or cr You can just come and say, Jesus, I need your help. I'm tired of living bound by sin. I'm tired of the enemy plaguing my mind with shame and guilt. Jesus, will you set me free tonight? Maybe you have, maybe it's not you, but you've got a loved one right now that you know right now is bound by addiction. What would happen if you on a Sunday night stood in the gap for them and said, Lord, even if they don't know how messed up their lives are, we know. 
And we're going to stand in the gap. We're going to be, we're going to take up a hedge for them. And so tonight, I want to open up these altars. And I want to invite you, regardless of what you're going through, please find a place tonight in prayer. Please come and experience freedom. Please come and experience the power and presence of God. Come on, all across this place, could we just make it a house of prayer? Lord, we thank you for what we feel here tonight. Lord, we thank you for knowing, God, that you make all things new and that we don't have to live as our old selves. We don't have to live a life as the old creature, but we are new creatures in Christ. And you can experience that freedom tonight. Sickness is not greater than the name of Jesus. Depression is not greater than the name of Jesus. Anxiety is not greater than the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Come on all across this place. If you'll just lift up your hands and lift up your voice wherever you may be. Allow the power of the Holy Ghost to fall right now. Fall fresh on your life. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Hallelujah.